On this episode of EdTech, we're going to be covering Digital Signage Expo, AV over IP, and Digital Signage Feedback. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech episode 50, Paneling Signage. This episode of EdTech is brought to you by our underwriters, companies like Kramer Electronics, AV Beyond the Box. This is EdTech. This is EdTech. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell. I'm gathered this week by our guest, Jesse Budd from University of Dallas, uh, sorry, University of Texas <laughs> at Dallas campus. Hey, I got it. Uh, hello to everyone. Hello. Uh, we're also joined by Thomas Kunta from University of Illinois at Champaign, uh, Urbana-Champaign. Did I get that correct? All right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh, as always, we're also joined by the illustrious Mike Tomei. Hey, Bill. How's it going? From Tomei Consulting. And <laughs> last but not certainly not least, the one fine and mighty Ernie Bailey. How are you, sir? I'm doing just great, Bill. That's great. So. Uh, we're going to start this off first. Um, both Jesse and Thomas are uh, going to be are going to be doing a panel at uh, DSC or Digital Signage Expo uh, 2017. Uh, once again, that's going to be held in Vegas in March. Um, the exact dates you can look up on uh, DSC's uh, website and everything. Uh, however, they do actually have a panel that is specifically geared towards educators. And more to the point, it's actually a really apropos uh, panel in which it's titled, Questions We Wish We Had Asked Before We Started. So, uh, you know, it's one of those ones where it's, it's the kind of baptism by fire, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of good to know some of these things going into it. Um, Jesse, first off, I'm gonna ask, uh, what's your background in this? And then uh, Thomas, the same thing, and then we'll, we'll get into the questions. Sure. Uh, my name is Jesse Budd, as you already know. Um, I've been building the Student Affairs Digital Signage Program um, at UT Dallas for about three years now. And we are a rather small program right now, but we're growing. We have about 25 signs on campus. And from my perspective, I handle everything from content to managing installations and repairs and that kind of thing. And really, I'm more on the student um, activities and campus life side of the house. All right. Uh, Thomas, how about yourself? Well, uh, I've been doing this for about a decade now. Uh, we've developed a campus-level IT service. Uh, IT services around digital signage. Uh, basically, we serve the needs of, uh, you know, the College of Engineering, housing, Illini Union, pretty much every major campus unit, lower costs, uh, add value, uh, it's pretty much a, a federated uh, set of networks uh, where we just kind of let them do their own thing uh, and provide the infrastructure licensing and, uh, you know, basically uh, provide a big sandbox for everyone to do their stuff. Oh, well, very good. Um, so, uh, and actually, when it comes to uh, managing their content and everything, um, how do you guys go forward with uh, managing the actual content between the students, uh, between the faculty, um, and between, say, you know, even the administration, I'm sure, has their own, uh, has their own goals and agendas and everything. Um, you know, Jesse, we'll start with you, then 
Um, so we'll go on to you for this one. Sure. So. Um, for, for me and my team, we found it easiest to have one person or one group that funnels that content. Um, for IE, like I mean, as in posting content on our, our server, um, just for quality control, um, and just create it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was, no. I, I, <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were no, going to say something. No, um, no. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it has been interesting, um, you know, fielding these requests from students, faculty, and staff. And so we've kind of come to creating a, um, I guess, guidelines and rules of what we do post on our displays, um, which has really helped us manage that content knowing when we can and when we can't post something um, and then creating things like templates and uh, um, guidelines for students and the, that kind of thing has really helped us um, have you ever noticed that there's like a particular uh say like group of students that kind of gather around it like almost like i would say uh either advertise like this seems like something like, like advertising student advertising majors or even marketing majors would it would be it would make sense for them to say here either a you should join this group or b you should get involved with this because this is base level um this is base level stuff for you guys it's it's kind of a micro environment in order to work later on with the, the macro yeah, you can really tell when they do have one of those students working on the organization um, because our, their content will be really crisp and clean. Um, and uh, yeah, we do that. Like we have e-forms that we have them fill out and they'll just send to us really. But um, that has helped us a lot in kind of managing who is sending in content and making it easy for them to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have a little um, group of student workers that we do have advocate for digital signage and um, help us with those templates and that kind of thing. See, that's, 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 that is a good thing. I mean, I'm sure here and there, and if anything, the fact that you guys have had to make the form probably also means that there's been folks who have like said, oh yeah, no, this looks good. And you kind of look at it and you say, no, this is, listen, I understand this is this might be a good uh, poster to put up, um, you know, mm -hmm. paste up on a wall kind of thing. Um, however, you know, this is meant for when folks like stop, have to stop and read. But when it comes mm -hmm. to digital signage, um, actually, you know what, this is a good question. And this will apply for both of you guys. What's the average length that you tend to have when it comes to the, the you know, the content being up on screen? Is it anywhere from three to five seconds or, and I've seen this with our own folks on campus, they go, oh no, we'll put it up for 30 seconds. I'm kind of looking <laughs> and going, that's an eternity. Yeah. Um, so but about how long do you take? So if it's, if it's a still image, we'll do like a max of 10 seconds that it's up there. Um, and a minimum or a maximum, sorry, a maximum of 25 words because you got to think that someone walking by is not going to read all that. But if it's a video, um, the motion graphic videos that we do are usually like a short bit of text for about four or five seconds oh, okay. per, per slide, basically. Um, well, cool. Yeah, to keep it short. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's one of those things. It's that when you get into it at times, uh, digital signage does kind of does kind of go down the path of being very ADD like. However, mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that folks really don't always factor in is that these are supposed to be in high traffic areas. Mm -hmm. So they're meant to be like, we're walking by, I'm coming through, I've got to get to class or I've got to get mm -hmm. to, you know, the dean's office. And 
you know, it does kind of funnel down back into this is where advertising and marketing folks uh, really should apply their trade because the stuff's got to pop. It's got to catch their attention. Maybe they'll stick around. Otherwise, it's just boom, boom, boom. Thanks. Okay. Oh, got it. Right. All right. Snow day tomorrow. Don't come in. <laughs> That's one of the things I think we've struggled with, too, is just getting people to understand this isn't, <clears throat> sorry, this isn't a TV. It's you know, it's a digital platform, yes, for you to send your information, but it's not somewhere to play a commercial. You know, you don't want to put a one minute video of someone talking up there, you know, and it's hard to get people to understand that concept. Yeah, um, Thomas, I'm going to pivot this to you for a second on this one. Um, as I say, and you said before, you kind of set up more of a sandbox for that. Right. Um, have you noticed that some departments tend to uh, flourish more than others, or is it, um, or you guys tend to say like, you read these are like the kind of like basic guidelines, you just go by this, or is it just here it is, do your thing, and you know, engineering department may have some cool stuff, but man, they crammed everything in via 10, 10 point font. Well, it, it varies. Uh, you know, we've encouraged, uh, you know, our quote unquote customers to aggregate their uh, responsibility for signage to the highest level. So our College of Engineering, uh, they have, uh, you know, 14 individual departments within uh, their college. Each one has a marketing and or, and or communication professional within those departments. So they're all, uh, you know, in the same situation as Jesse, where they're uh, professionals producing content and they have their own uh, forms and they have their uh, people submitting content. Uh, so they do a really good job uh, without much, uh, you know, really input from us. Uh, it's very, I, I guess, de decentralized, distributed, but we are, uh, you know, our content model has the departments completely responsible for their own content, but we are trying to move to a model where uh, departments are able to share content more easily. Uh, there are some departments uh, with, with very few signs, like our graduate college, they have three signs, just three. Uh, the 350 signs on campus, uh, College of Engineering, by the way, has 120 something. But the, but the, college, the graduate college, with their three signs, they are really into content sharing. They get their content all over the place. Mm -hmm. So they get a lot of value out of their investment just by, you know, uh, thinking about their content more than some of the other groups with a lot of signs. Mm -hmm. So, Well, that's good. I mean, it's one of those things of, um, you know, that's, that really kind of boils down to uh, getting the most bang for your buck. And, and, and that's, that's awesome to hear that. Um, uh, on campus for me, uh, we have some distributed signs. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, not to beat up my own campus too much, but uh, no, no, it falls under the purview of our marketing and PR folks. And every now and then they're like, well, Bill, you know so much time about, the, you know so much uh, um, about this stuff. You should be putting out the content. And I look and I go, no, I'm the hardware guy that specs all this stuff. I am not a graphic designer. You want to go do this? I'm like, go kick this over to our student art association. And they're like, I swear, they, they look at it and they go, well, we don't know how to control them. So we're not going to go over to this. And I'm kind of yeah. going, I'm like, guys, these are the folks who will, who will happily create your content for you because for them, they can easily just go and take that project, go send it to their professors and say, look at this advertising campaign I did. I should get an A for an independent project because I'm getting, I'm also should be getting paid for this. Mm -hmm. um, which 
I, I may or may not have stole, I may have may not have uh, taken that idea from a uh, local art school uh, over by me called the Joe Kubert School. And literally they're kids who like uh, go to school for comic book art. And if they get paid for a sketch, that's an independent program. That's an independent grade to boost their grade. So of course, mm -hmm. half of them are all like, yeah, I want to do sketches for you. Cause that's a, like, that'll boost my GPA. I'm like, see, that's how it should work. Yeah. So <laughs> to add into that, you know, in our model, uh, what we try to do is, you know, if, uh, uh, content is being coordinated at the college level and a deployment of physical signage, you know, uh, signs are being put up on a wall by an individual department within that college. Uh, if that department is not already in contact with their college about that uh, deployment, I will try to facilitate that conversation as much as possible. I will say, have you talked to so-and-so? Uh, and if not, I will pull those people together to make sure that that department is working with the people above them, try to make sure that they have uh, the right branding and the right strategy for their college rather than just going their own way. Yeah. So there's a little social engineering going on here. Well, I can, and I can totally understand that because in the terms of, yes, there is a unified look that you want to have to things. You don't want to have, you know, the, uh, um, you know, have some, something going where it's like, oh yes, here's the college of engineering. Here's their stuff. This is what's going on. Oh yeah. By the way, here's the college of art. And all of a sudden it's a completely different format. It's completely different. This, and it's all, you get the, you know, you hear the, uh, you can always hear the car brake uh, uh, screech going on. You're like, what? What is that? But it, but basically, it it can be that in our case where you know the college of engineering looks totally different than you know the college of fine and applied arts. Mm -hmm. Uh, but our College of Engineering is bigger than most campuses. You know, it really it is. It, it, you know, I'm pretty it, sure it's bigger than my university. <laughs> it, it it is probably three times the size. <laughs> but but th but that's you know the the issues that we deal with is scale. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in some, you know, instances, ca uh, campuses, you know, work very top down, some work from uh, bottom up, we're very mm -hmm. bottom up, uh, and we're looking to coordinate more across the board. But, you know, all these groups are uh, working within the graphic standards guidelines of the university, because they are true professionals. And that is something that has really come out uh, uh, to me as part of this is that you don't necessarily have to dictate to get the right results. Just provide a, 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 the right environment for them to do the right thing and they will. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm actually gonna take from that on this one uh, in the fact that you said you built from the ground, from the, from the bottom up and everything. Yeah. So, um, and this is, this is part of it in the fact that when you have digital signage uh, products and everything, of course, everything updates, it upgrades. There's, you know, oh, this model can now take a, you know, man, I remember, I remember when it used to be a big deal when it said, hey, we now have a compact flashcard slot that you can easily change out your content. But that was before, you know, the advent of network uh, of a Nick uh, on these things. And uh, I might be dating myself a little bit there with that, but hey, uh, I also remember uh, I remember digital cameras that had a three and a quarter uh, had a three and a quarter floppy drive. So <laughs> hey, doesn't make me doesn't make me a bad person. I also I also used to develop uh, black and white photography in a dark room. Moving on. Um, that being said, uh, the thing is is that. Uh, you know, is, do you guys have a uh, upkeep or a sustainable, you know, like an actual sustainable um, model with these things? You know, do you have like a, a replacement program for these displays or, or not even really with the displays uh, so much as with the players? Jesse? 
Oh. Yeah. So no, it's, um, yeah, I, um, I, this is one of the things that I just think is crucial always when working with technology in general is just having uh, backup funds, knowing, you know, something, if something, if you think something's going to go wrong, something will go wrong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, and so having that, and then the players we use are actually like mini built computers. Mm-hmm. So every part has a three-year warranty and every part can be sent in and replaced. And um, just kind of having someone on your team that understands your players and the technology behind that is a huge help. Um, does, would that answer, does that no, answer no, the question? Totally no, it totally does. If anything, okay. no, because from time to time, um, you will have integrators, and this will I'll follow on to this later. You will have integrators who go and say, oh, this thing is the best. Oh, it's great. Oh, it can do X to Z. It's great and wonderful. And the follow-up question is, well, have you guys used it? Well, we know the text that can help you out with this. And I'm like, that yeah. doesn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there's a certain amount of sustainability with this. And by sustainability, I really mean, like, you know, when you go and put, like, say, uh, you know, here, we put in uh, in this room uh, or in these hallways and everything, we put in a 55-inch display. Um, is it 4K? No, but it does 1080p. And mm-hmm. now, rarely, uh, I say that, I say that with because I know some some other folks can easily strike me down with this. Right now, I haven't seen a huge draw for you know. Oh, we need to have 4K signage. And I'm kind of looking mm-hmm. at going. Do you understand how big of a display you need in order to do that? Yeah, um, we just we just put in a. Um, it's it's a huge like eight foot uh, mosaic wall, and that's one of the things we're running into is, you know, some of the software we're using to put our content through doesn't support 4k uh so i mean that that is an issue and i think there's maybe not a huge draw for it now but i mean it it should be you know people should be preparing for that oh sure (laughs) oh no no if anything that's that's the thing that and we've talked about this on the show a couple of times is that um my idea of future proofing things is well one of three things uh one adding uh extra conduit because um piping don't corrode uh, and if it does if it does i really will ask uh why, why are you below sea level um two is the fact of uh putting in fiber um mm-hmm. which doesn't always you know there's there's been some changes from in the micron diameter and everything but you know for the most part uh if you're running you really only should need to run like multi-mode to these things if you're running single mode my my first well my two questions are uh one are you doing broadcast work because they seem to have a love affair with uh single mode fiber that i just don't get and two um the only the only other reason i can see you ending up having to run single mode fiber is uh if jesse wanted to advertise something on thomas's campus (laughs) and even then that's a long haul that is some long haul duty work so, um, but that's, that's more of the future proofing and everything, but that's yeah. also in the regards of here, we're going to put this, uh, you know, we're going to, we are going to plan for 4k and yeah, are most of my classrooms and uh, most of my campus ready for 4k? Of course. Have I come across anyone that has desired 4k yet? Mm-hmm. Aside from the art department that swears at the same time, they're also going to need 4k 3d. Oh yeah. Which I, which I tell them, get out of my office. Um, <laughs> So it's and I'm, no, it's it's like I said, that's that's just the the growth and planning yeah. of things. 
And I think, again, like with the, the players that are buildable, at least on a smaller scale, that works better for us because we've had issues before where we've had one that we didn't, like that wasn't a buildable one break. And then we send it out and the tech goes MIA and then our player is gone forever. And so we had to wait like a month to get a new media player. Um, so things like that can can happen. So really understanding your technology will help you future proof. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas, you, uh, oh, okay. Sorry. I, I'm yeah. hearing like, type, as I say, someone's on a type. I think, uh, I think that's Michael. Hybrid. Oh. <laughs> you hey, Mike? Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Typing away. No, no, it's, it's it, no, I I know Mike. This is the, I know Mike. This is on a this is on a laptop so he can't get away he can't get away from the, from it. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um as I say, for those that don't, for, as I say, if you're new to the show, um, Mike is a consultant, which means he does he, his work. His work time never turns off. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. No, that's, that's good. You're it's right. Good to stay busy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so just, uh, as I say, just kind of rounding this out for a minute here. Um, both, this is both for Jesse and Thomas. Um, here's the thing, like, how do you guys also, when it comes, this is also coming kind of full circle with it and all, but, um, how do you guys work out the feedback from the students? How do you know, um, what's really, you know, what, what got people's attention? Do you guys do like a poll everywhere kind of thing? Do you send out an email? Do you just, you know, do you just, or just do you grab students in the hallway and you go, Hey, what do you think of that? <laughs> um, so for us, from on the marketing side, since we do a lot of the content creation and uh, that kind of thing, we do have focus groups with our, our, some of our students on campus being generally student workers or student workers from other departments. Um, and we sit them down and we'll have, say, have a, a first viewing of a piece of digital signage and we'll get their opinion and feedback on that. Um, and a lot of times that leads to us being able to cut out content that's unnecessary, that they're like, you know, maybe if you have something that says get more information at UTDallas.edu, you really don't need that get more information, you cut it out. And they understand that. Um, and then again, also with those forms that we've created, we are collecting emails from that. And at the end of this, each semester, we'll send out a survey on, you know, how was your experience? What was your turnout for your event and just getting that feedback from the students who are using it so we are accommodating them and that gives us more buy-in from the students mm -hmm. well cool i mean it's one of those things of um you know it, it is good to get feedback on these things and uh at times it can it, it's one of those things uh periodically you know i'll write stuff for uh av network and you know, periodically I will get, I will get emails, but for the, for the most part, sometimes it just turns into, you know, this has gone into the void. And then fo some folks will go, Oh no, I read it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I, I have no way of knowing. So yeah. it's, it's a, it, and when it comes to the digital signage, you know, that's, that's key. Cause otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, folks can go and say, Oh yeah, no, it was great. Really? Did, did folks show up? Oh, I don't know. I saw it. I'm like, well, that doesn't yeah. one of the things that we've been talking about trying is having a digital sign that maybe has a survey or something that students will be prompted to go to either like, you know, maybe with some sort of incentive to see, you know, are they viewing it? You know, what's, what's, how many students are viewing it kind of to check the volume and mm -hmm. get a better understanding of our audience, I guess, in general. Um, Thomas, I'm going to, bring this over to you and everything like how do you guys uh, manage uh, you know how do, how do you manage the feedback or how do you get feedback um, from these uh, from these systems well uh, 
this is a question I've actually been asking my customers. You know, how do they uh, judge the effectiveness of their deployments? How are they using our service? Mm -hmm. Because we're kind of, you know, almost like a second level. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they're using what we provide them. And what was interesting, uh, you know, I I would love to be able to, you know, say that they, you know, get concrete feedback from their audiences directly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a a few of them um, had an interesting response uh, when I asked them this, but uh, they get a lot of requests to put content up on their signs. So they were judging their effectiveness by the number of requests to have content put up. So we, I, I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, I, I do a lot of people watching since I, go, I walk around campus quite a bit. Uh, so I, you know, we have a really, uh, you know, uh, busy mass transit district here on campus and mm-hmm. bus schedules are mm-hmm. a very heavily uh, used piece of uh, content. So I, I tend to watch people watch the signs. Mm-hmm. So I can tell that the students uh, do uh, find them uh, valuable. Uh, and if I do see someone engaged in watching the signs, I, mm-hmm. I will actually walk up to someone and start a conversation and, and, oh, cool. and, and see how, you know, uh, how they're using it and uh, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, figuring out, you know, just how the, uh, the students and the faculty who, you know, are, you know, walking around campus on a daily basis uh, uh, get value from the signs is, uh, mm-hmm you know, difficult sometimes. And, you know, it's, you know, when I, sometimes when I walk across campus, it's, mm-hmm. you know, usually when I'm feeling down or something like that, you know, a little depressed, you know, works, you know, someone will ask me for directions or something. And that's when I feel like, yeah, what I do matters because there's wayfinding <laughs> on campus and wayfinding, <laughs> wayfinding uses our, our system too, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not just the big displays, but wayfinding, room signage, uh, mm-hmm. video walls, pretty mm-hmm. much we have everything from tiny little signs to the video walls. So, you know, what, you know, what we do really does affect how you know, even visitors, prospective students and their families, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, yeah. interact with our campus on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this will be one last question for both of you and everything. Uh, and um, this is kind of just a, this is more of a, a, you know, just me kind of checking how things are. Um, when it comes to the actual locations for the signage, is it determined by you? Is it determined by, say, uh, an architect if it's a new building or, you know, the consultant if it's a new building? Um, or is it driven by the client itself who just literally goes and says, I want it right there. <laughs> No, believe me, I've had it a couple of times. Like our science department was like, yeah, I want to put it like right there. And I kind of looked and I went, yeah, we can't do that. And they say, well, why not? And I went, because it's right in front of a door. And 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 and, and as high as it, I'm going to put it, if I don't tell the carpenters to put a door stop, that, that door handle is going to go right through the bezel. Oh, and God. Oh no! It's and you know what though, <laughs> I applaud them. I understand it. It's the it's for them. It's this is my space. I know what's gonna get everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. I kind of look at them and I go, "This is digital signage. This is advertising space. You, mm-hmm. you as much as you think this is a cool idea, this is not your home. This right. is not your thing." So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, on our campus, it it happens all of those ways. Uh, in, uh, design installation is a service that we can provide mm-hmm. uh, so we can uh, help the department decide where to put signs uh, and then you know guide that project all the way through putting that sign up 
uh, but departments put up their own signs uh, as part of either a renovation uh, or part of a new building construction project, and that is fine too. Uh, and they'll hook that into our service. So uh, it happens all uh, those uh, ways as well. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, our facilities and services folks, uh, the architects and project designers actually brought me over there uh, last summer to talk about how they can better plan for digital signage as part of their construction projects. And I was like, oh yes, now I, I, I want, you know, this is exactly what I've been waiting for because I've seen some, you know, even in new construction, you know, digital signage is not really well planned for, you know, even by professionals. So the earlier they get in a project, you know, to have that well done, mm -hmm. uh, the better. Oh yeah, it's in some cases the uh, architects and uh, as I say, some of the um, some of the other things that ends up popping up from time to time. And um, I will give a happy note to this one on on, on them. Um, some of my counterparts down at Rutgers, who um, Rutgers, their main campus in New Brunswick is massive. Not as, as I say, not as massive as some other folks in the the podcast here. But they <laughs> they got a, they have a number of campuses. Uh, sorry, they have a number of buildings, and it's a maddening sprawl. And uh, those guys really do try to kind of set the limits, but a lot of times, uh, like you know, the uh, the college, uh, the Department of food, uh, food Sciences, will go and say, "Hey, we're putting in a new building," and they're ninety-five percent done. And all of a sudden, they've come to they they come to um, uh, uh, Matt. Well, my friend Matt and Tim Van Wart, so I'm giving them a, a, a shameless plug. But they'll come to them <laughs> and they'll say, "Hey, we want to put AV and we want to put this stuff in. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, uh, is the drywall already up?" like oh yeah no the spackle's already on paint's already on um okay cool do you guys have a budget well no we thought you'd pay for it they're like no it don't work like that and you know like where were you anywhere from six months to a year and a half ago but you know it's it's a learning process they're really trying to unify stuff there i gotta give them credit they're they're going down like rutgers is slowly going down the path of yes there is a rutgers camden there is a rutgers newark there is a rutgers new brunswick and it used to be that all three of them just, it was almost like they had like a branding program going on where, you know, were they a Rutgers campus? Yes. Did they have their own deans? You betcha. Did they all communicate with each other? Not a damn bit. So, <laughs> you know, it, but they're slowly unifying. They're slowly getting this stuff together. Um, I've happily browbeaten folks here uh, to the point that the deans all know when they suddenly hear uh, their faculty go and say, hey, we want to do this. Yeah, go talk to Bill. They're like, but, but, but I've like done all the research. They're like, Go talk to Bill. He will he will help manage this and get it through. Um, you know, it's it's one of those. Please leave it to the professionals. It's not that I don't trust folks. It's just that every now and then, and I'm sure this has happened to both of you guys. Hey, I found this really great idea on Best Buy, and I'm like, cool. Oh. We don't do we don't do residential in this place. This is a this is right. a commercial space and everything. And you know, I get it. I, I understand the folks are trying to come to you with these things, but it's like ah you know what? And I, and I don't bite their heads off or anything so much as I just go, you could do that. And when it breaks, I'm like, unfortunately, you guys are kind of going to be on your own. And it's not that I don't want to support you. It's just, those are levels that I really don't want to jump through. So mm -hmm. anyway, I will, that's my, that's my soapbox on that one. I'm once again, I said, I've been known to rant and rave, but anyway, um, just getting this back, getting back to things. 
Um, Jesse, do you want to mind uh, giving us the uh, dates and uh, the, the, uh, which day you and uh, Thomas are going to be doing your panel at DSE? Yes. So the dates are March, I believe, 28th through 31st or the 30th. Okay. And for our panel, let me just mm -hmm. pull it up real quick. No, I'm, glad, I'm glad she knows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like I have it in an email right here. So our panel will be on March 30th at 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it should be pretty fun. Cool. And yeah. Really uh, helpful, I think, to a lot of people. Now, are you guys going to be, uh, where is this going to be held at? Is it going to be at the Las Vegas Convention Center? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, have you guys been there before? Yeah. This yeah, will that's... be my, my third time going. and It's, it's massive, it's... isn't it? Pretty huge, yeah. and it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's yeah. and then you got Vegas there, so you but, can't lose. <laughs> uh, you'd, be, you, as you say, you'd be you'd be surprised on that one, and when folks go, oh yeah, no, I, I know my limits. Yeah, okay. Next thing, yeah. next thing, next thing, you know, hey, what happened to Thomas? Well, he went into Binion's gambling hall. Actually, I haven't seen him for three days. Actually, I don't know what happened? I think I've been there for like six years and I've never even put a coin in a slot machine. That's <laughs> you're, a good, you're a better man than I. I, I. I simply look at all that and I go, that's really cool. Um, unfortunately, be, me being from Jersey, I've been scarred by years of uh, Atlantic City casinos. So I look at Vegas and I go, ha ha, you're not today, Satan. Anyway. <laughs> So that right. being said, it's it's uh, great to hear you guys are going to have this panel. I, if anything, I wish, as I say, I wish that the room is uh, filled to capacity, like uh, some of our other uh, uh, glorious guests. Cough, my to my. Oh no, seriously, like it, it's it's always great to see you know panels that that are geared towards educators because um, when it comes to higher ed. Um, more often than not, you know, you're, you're, you're working on, uh, on some, at times somewhat limited budgets and it's always good to just get these, get the, the info from folks and also kind of get the info of, you know, Hey, if you're going into this, these are some of the things, you know, right. you, you should really have, uh, covered or anything. So, um, that being said, Jesse, um, once again, thank you for being on the show, yeah. Thomas, thank you as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are going to move on to uh, some of our articles and everything. So uh, if you two care to join, stay on, you're more than welcome to. If not, you know, uh, we'll, we'll thank you. Thank you for your time. All right. I'm going to head out. Thanks for having me on the show. Bye, ah, guys. No problem, Jess. I'll head off, too. Oh, all right. No problem. So uh, that being said, um, back to our stories and everything. Um, so... Uh, well, the first, uh, as I say, the first uh, little uh, bit that I want to cover um, is actually what spun out of um, out of uh, ISC, and uh, that is that uh, Crestron put out a uh, they put out a press release. They put out some new products, which is always great to see. You know, hey, we've got new toys. Um, this is their Crestron Digital Media uh, NVX series, and. Um, you know, I could go into it. However, uh, I know Mr. Tomei is uh, very well versed on these things, so I will actually let him uh, uh, give a uh, um, give a layman's overview for this first. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. So um, I'll take a little step back and kind of define the whole AV over uh, IP um, craze or boom that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And um, so it, it, a lot of companies are getting into this market, and Crestron getting into it was a, a pretty big. Uh, pretty big announcement from the show last week. Um, but uh, so AV over IP for those listeners that don't really um, know the concept very well, um, your, your current models in classrooms 
you're probably used to more of a point-to-point -point type systems. Um, so you would have um, HD, maybe HD-based T tra uh, transmitters and receivers. Mm -hmm. So uh, at each source device, you'd have a transmitter. Um, at, uh, uh, at each receiver, you would, or uh, each uh, destination device, you would have a receiver. Um, uh, and it would go through some sort of a switcher mm -hmm. um, in the room. AV over IP model, uh, you place encoders um, at the source devices, decoders at the destination devices, and then they're all connected through standard Ethernet switches. Uh, so that's the big difference there. It's, um, you're not using proprietary uh, video switchers uh, in the middle there. And um, these systems can seemingly be scaled up very large because uh, it's as, as large as your network is and you can just keep placing encoders and decoders on the network. Um, and it creates this massive matrix switching environment on the network because the decoders can pick up any of the streams from the encoders and um, you can control the decoders so you can um, handle switching in that respect. Uh, the decoders would just pick up different streams from those encoders. So um, that's the big differences there between the two. And um, uh, Crestron getting into this market is really big because they're making a ton of money off of their point-to-point HD-based T or their digital media line, which is HD-based T-based. <laughs> and um, they make a lot of money off that. So for them to get into this market of creating these IP-based encoders and decoders uh, really shows that they're understanding this is the way this industry is going now. Mm -hmm. And um, even at ISC, uh, HD-based-T announced that, that by June, they're going to have a IP-based solution for HD-based-T. So now we can no longer just be point-to-point. -point. We can get everything on the network mm -hmm. and um, go through these standard um, uh, Ethernet switches. Um, so Which, that's really the big, the big news there. Yeah. And, and – um... If, if anything, for me, I look at it and I go, cool, back of my brain keeps going, wait a minute, does this have anything to do with uh, how AptoVision uh, did their Blue River chip um, tech and everything? But yep. I, I agree with you more in that it's the industry's kind of looking at everything and saying, yeah, we should be shifting everything really over, over to the I, uh, moving everything more over IP. Um, the big portion, and, the, and even Crestron uh, hypes this, and I I'll give them credit for this one, um, is the fact that for them, they said, hey, it's over one gigabit Ethernet, right. which, is, which is a big deal because, um, you know, before, and, you know, I've had to do this for uh, our broadcast, uh, our, our, you know, our, our school of communication and their, um, their broadcast department in which pretty much all their switches are 10, they're like, oh yeah, we want to do 10 gigabit Ethernet. And I'm like, can't we just do it fiber? And they're like, no, we want copper. I'm going, Oh, you're going to be melting the copper. So <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's one of those things of, it's like, it, it's kind of getting more into the, I'm not going to say energy efficient, but it's more bandwidth efficient uh, realm. So I'm, 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 I'm happy for him on this one. Yep. Um, Ernie, you, uh, as I say, is this something that you're going to like present to your, uh, to uh, your, your fellow uh, network admins and, and are they going to play nice with this? Or are they going to, are they going to look at this and be like, that's, that's a bandwidth hog, get it out of my, get it out of my site. Well, I think that's going to be their first comment. And I'm also, I've, I've been burned enough. I'm not going to put out version 1.0 of anybody's product. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, everyone loved uh, before yeah. private network mode. Mike, I want to throw something back out at you. Uh, they say over a dedicated uh, one gigabit network. Yeah. Does that mean that this is, I, I need a separate network for the, for this? I, 
That's the thing. So they, a lot of it, um, a lot of these solutions, um, you can't just dump it right on your network. Your network services people are going to freak out that you're eating up tons of bandwidth here. So yeah, um, you know that you have the kind of dedicated AV network versus the campus-wide enterprise network. Um, so you could have a redundant network, say, um, running alongside the enterprise network just for these devices, and then you're not competing with the bandwidth there. Because even though they say, oh, I can go over one gigabit uh, switch connections. Um, yeah, how much of how much of that bandwidth are you eating up? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 It, it turns into the hey, can we put this on our our regular uh, excuse me our regular data LAN? Uh, to which my answer would be uh, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, because there's two different um, thoughts here with this. It's all streaming, right? It's all video and audio streaming. Um, so you have low bandwidth H.264 uh, streaming that everybody's used to, and network services people can handle that uh, bandwidth usually. But what we're looking at here with like Crestron's device or SVSI or some of the others that are into this, oh, yeah. they use um, streaming such as like JPEG 2000, which is a lot higher bandwidth uh, streaming. So it's not like your little Netflix uh, stream that, um, that network services people can wrap their heads around. It's a much higher bandwidth stream. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, so it's one of those things where, you know, Ernie hit uh, dead on the head with this one of, of, you know, yes, you can do all this on one gigabit ethernet. Um, the, the, there should be a little, there should be like a little asterisk on that that says, oh yeah, did we mention you should probably just set up your own separate VLAN for this one, which yeah. almost keeps it at, we would end up having, uh, no, we, we keep it all in the same VLAN, but it's still, um, it's just one of those things where folks have to, you know, the, the integrators and the and the um, support staff have to really be, be more uh, network savvy. Not that not that it hasn't happened. It's just they have to be a lot more aware about these things. Right. So anyway, um, that being said, um, I'm just going to kind of keep it to this because we are running a little bit long on time here and everything. So, um, Mr. Ernie, how are things shaping up for uh, winter break for you, sir? Uh. Well, we've, we made it through the upgrades we were doing over winter break, and we're now doing a major overhaul of a uh, auditorium boardroom combination that we have in one of our buildings. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, it's not a heavily used space, mm -hmm. but when it's used, it's used to, because the governor needs to make an announcement about healthcare, or the chancellor needs to make a campus-wide announcement, uh, or, you know, it's 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 uh, when it's used. It's so when it's used. When it's used, it's high profile. Yep. It's, it's one of those fields. You know, we've been fighting for seven or eight years to get funding to upgrade it. Mm -hmm. Someone realized that there is a foundation fund account that was set up specifically to keep it operational and keep mm -hmm. it up to date. So all of a sudden, we had money. <laughs> so now, now we're doing it, and we have a. Uh, our largest campus fundraiser will take place, our on, largest on-campus fundraiser that we do uh, takes place uh, the first weekend in May. Ah. And if we're not fully functional by then, there'll be someone else taking my spot on this podcast in June. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. oh no. Oh, dear. I, I will be flipping burgers somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, uh, that, that's kind of where we are on this project. Oh please, uh, Ernie. I don't. I don't want to see you doing podcasts while you're working the fry later at Whataburger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's an exciting thing. We're doing some really neat uh, new things, for, at least for here on campus, with some wireless HDMI. Mm -hmm. So we have some mobile uh, flat panels floating around, kind of a foyer area. 
mm-hmm. uh, and try to do some time sharing of equipment okay. uh, between several rooms. So that's where we're going with that right now. Oh, very cool. Mike, um, you have uh, any, uh, any fun pokers in the fire right now, or is it, uh, or is it the all boulders that are still going uphill but haven't quite gone over? Oh, no, I'm knee-deep in the middle of a bunch of projects. So um, there's a couple of little um, projects that got pushed off to uh, spring break for a couple of my clients. So that's mm-hmm. um, we're just putting the finishing touches on getting those mm-hmm. um, in there. And then uh, all the summer projects, I'm knee-deep in the middle of heavy, heavy design for some really big ones and some complex ones. So it's a lot of fun, actually. It's um, some, some new technology in there. and it's, uh, it's really, really in the thick of it right now. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds about right for all of us in the education yeah. world. Yeah, uh, it's the get everything ready for spring break. Oh, good, all the students are gone. Great, get in the rooms. So, yeah, cool. Yep. Um, as I say, that is about all the time we have, uh, Mr. Tomei. Where can folks find you at online? Well, my website is uh, tomeiav.com. That's T-O-M-E-I-A-V.com. And a real quick uh, plug: um, the Infocom show registration just opened yesterday, I believe. And um, I'm teaching two seminars: uh, one on Wednesday and one on Thursday, both at one o'clock. So just do a, a search and. Um, Sign up for those. And yeah, them, them, I, them I can guarantee are probably going to be standing room. Yeah, let's only. hope. <laughs> I hope, yeah. Uh, hey, if it's anything like last year, that will be true. Right. Mr. Ernie Bailey, where can folks find you at? Uh, best place to find me is on LinkedIn. All right, fair enough. Um, I'm Bill O'Donnell. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn as well as uh, on Twitter uh, at the original OD. So both of those are I'm usually pretty quick to respond. Um, that being said, this has been EdTech. Thank you. Guys, I will see you next month.